two men. One mission this summer in battles with bits of rubber. So we're driving through Beverly Hills, Beverly Boulevard. Nice, nice little cottages. Get the fuck out of here! No, I cannot. <laughs> Sorry. Wonder who lives behind that big hedge. Oh, I'm still buzzing from the whole uh, Monster Palooza thing. Monster Palooza was a fantastic weekend. It was three days. I mean, it was two and a half days, but it was still three days of intense. Because it started at what six p.m. and we finished at eleven. Yeah. Um, it was crazy, and then uh, the, um, the, the 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 after party with the Rick Baker tribute was quite moving. Yeah, it, and quite loud. Quite loud. The band was loud, very good, but very loud. But, and then, but yeah. listening to Rick talking about how appreciative he is, and and it was it was a room full of peers. It wasn't like being at the Academy Awards where you've got people from every facet of motion pictures. This was all makeup peeps, mm. and we all and he got emotional and so did I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. It was it was just nice because. Sorry, I know Neil Gordon does not like the word awesome. Apologize. I guess it's a little overused, but I think in yeah. this particular instance, it was it was a justified um, a justified expression. The the. Um, it was basically, you know, showing all the different things. And there were clips of things that he'd done. Obviously, they're, like, running through the course of the work he's done. And it is quite staggering, the breadth of things he's done and how much of it has influenced me, but how much of it has influenced everybody there. And I think that was the, the magical thing about it, is that we all see the same work and go, oh, my God, yeah, that affected me, but it affected you yeah. too. And I respect this guy over here as well. And it was just filled with people like that. Greg Cannon was there and B. Neil was there. And well, who did you get an email from this morning? Oh, Rick Baker saying thank you for the makeup, uh, which was that I was not expecting. That was really quite cool, considering I didn't give him my email address. So he must have tracked it <laughs> down, to, which is had to track you down, um, which was amazing. That's but yeah, because awesome. we yeah, uh, Todd and I applied the um, the Bella Lugosi makeup uh, that I'd done on Friday, which was good because I I spent the day we spent the day doing bits and bobs, and I arrived at the venue with an hour to spare, thinking I'm on top of this, and then I open up my bag, take out the what I think are all the pieces and then I suddenly realise there's a box missing and I'm panicking thinking hang on the, where, where are the face pieces there's, there's, there's two face pieces missing uh, yeah and I kind of soiled myself a little bit but I managed to get a hold of you here's the thing I'm from the UK right so my phone doesn't really work over here I don't have free internet on my phone so I have to find a hotspot so I'm walking around before the show opens up with my pass I'm walking past Greg Nicotero and Tom Savini, going through the makeup museum, trying to find where I think I'm close in proximity to Starbucks to pick up a free signal. Yeah. All this is going on in my head, and half my brain's going, oh, cool, look, there are two of your heroes surrounded by all this cool shit. And the other half is going, fuck, I forgot the makeup I just spent two months making. What an idiot. So it was, it was a, a dichotomy of emotions. And, and, I, then, and I come in thinking, all right, now I'll go finish helping Stuart set up, <laughs> and here comes Stuart. Big Sauc eyes. Saucer ride. I'm thinking, uh oh. What did I say? <laughs> He's like, there's a problem. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, 
they're not going to let me in. No, that's not a problem. This is the problem. <laughs> anyway, so we called around. Rectified. Rectified. Basically, Todd jumped in the car, drove back to the place to pick up a box. I was just gratified that they were there. I I'd... parked in exactly the same spot in the parking garage. Oh, so it was, yeah. It was all fine in the end, but it was a, a bumpy journey on the way. So, anyway, that was that. Um, to make it up, opportunity, opportunities like this, where we got to sit down and speak to Steve Wang. Um, we had him for 20 minutes. We managed to grab him for 20 yeah, minutes. Because he was I busy. Know, he was I busy. know he would, have, he would have gone on and on and on and on. But he had meetings and stuff. He still... But what, what we things. packed into that 20 minutes was incredibly informative. It was. And it, again, I, I kind of selfishly used it as my own counseling sessions with my relationship with ZBrush, which he managed to sort out in very short order. So if you are a sculptor who has been playing with ZBrush and not particularly enjoyed it or felt bad about it, like I did, as you'll hear in the discussion, then please take comfort from this. This is good information coming from somebody that knows his stuff. So thank you very much, Steve, for giving us your time so generously. I know you must have got pecked to death with questions all day long. Um, and I hope you, you felt that the time was worthwhile because I know I got a lot out of it. And I'm oh, yeah. And, and you he, guys will. He, he had done a little sculpting demo over at um, Robert Burns CES Tools that I wanted to see, but I missed it. I went over to say hi to him to kind of coordinate our talk. And he said, here, come on, sit down. I'll, I'll show you what I what I did with him. And sat down, and I got a 15-minute private sculpting lesson with Steve. That's pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was great info. I can't wait to, to get home and and use my Steve Wang CES sculpting tools I have some of those to too. try it out. See, the thing is, you have to remember is that even though you know I still work and you work, we do things and we we make pieces. We're still fanboys, and it's still I spent the I can't tell you the the entire three days fizzing in my pants. Fucking, it was just I was just ridiculous the whole weekend was just I, I felt like I was on a drug the whole time it was amazing because I, I, I was meeting people I wanted to meet I was asking questions and I was learning stuff this is incredible so anyway listen up Steve Wang Hi, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. How you doing? Steve, nice to meet you. My, oh, my bad. Let me just move this out of the way. That's all right. I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll talk sculpting. Yeah, let's talk sculpting. Okay. So yesterday I was uh, in there and I just noticed they had um, like a 3D uh, virtual reality head sculpting thing. It was sculpting in that. I don't know if you saw it. So yeah, it's it's Oculus. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, Oculus Medium. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a system at home. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh, I think it's incredible. Yeah, I just started doing uh, digital sculpting recently, ZBrush, and I had tried Oculus before. Right. But a very early version of it. I need to update my software because I haven't gotten back to it in a while. And so when I was doing that, I wasn't that well versed in ZBrush just yet. Yes. So I didn't really know what to expect. Um, as far as the whole virtual reality aspect of it, what's really amazing about it is that as a physical, traditional sculptor, you're able to take a sculpture and you can instantly make it as small as a little ball in your hand, or you can make it two stories tall in front of you and walk around it. Now, are, you, are you utilizing that for some of your installations? Um, I have. No, not, not yet. We, well, no, let me take that back. We did do that. Some of our models that we've gotten, we were able to actually take it into virtual reality. 
and just scale it up and we can walk around it and look at it and see if and discuss any potential problems we could have with oh you know this could cause a balance problem or this we might need to do add more structure here on, on the inside or you know it's very good for for conversing about technical stuff but one thing i discovered recently is that having been more into zbrush now and having done more sculptures and printing it what i have a hard time with zbrush is that i can't caliper the work yeah. like i do with clay instantly yeah. so a lot of times I end up finding myself with a real-world caliper on my TV screen, on my, on my, my monitor, and rotating my model and calibrating it that way. You know, that's one of the things where if you have it right in front of you, you can literally look at it right there and you can, kind of, you can just judge it by how you see it in the real world. Yeah. That and also, too, what I find that sometimes when I print something, it's not until I, after I print it that I realize, oh, my God, this section here caved in a little bit more than I wanted to, but I couldn't see it. When I, was, when I was on my screen, I was moving around, I just couldn't catch it for some reason. So when it's again, in front of you, physically, in the VR world, yeah. you can spot these things much faster. And then the process of sculpting is different too, because when you're sculpting on a screen, you're essentially drawing in 3D. So I use a very small drawing pad. I don't like the big pads, I like the small pads. So all my motion is in my wrist, and how I create something. But I found as I was doing the Oculus, my hand motions are more natural. Is there a force feedback aspect to it? Uh, not at the moment, not that I'm aware of. But that would be nice because that that is a problem. That that is a problem is that when you when you uh, go to try to touch the surface, you tend to overshoot it because right. nothing actually pushes back on you. So uh, I remember years ago when I was working on Rain of Fire at the Secret Labs in Disney, they were just playing with some really early prototypes. This is way before the ZBrush was even created. They had a force feedback arm. I remember their system that I saw at SIGGRAPH in like maybe 94, 95. Yeah, yeah, had yeah. Some, some kind of yeah, the system I saw was, a, was in 2000, and it was a, a force feedback system. And they asked me to test it because I, you know, I, did, I did traditional. And they asked me what I thought. And I thought, you know, this is cool. The force feedback is definitely cool. But I said all the tools are wrong. These are all look like, you could feel like Dremel tools. Right. And we don't sculpt with Dremel. No, we sculpt, we're smoothing. Yeah, we smooth yeah, the clay, we carve, and we do. So that's why ZBrush, when ZBrush was invented, it, it was so much more friendly to guys that sculpt with clay. Can I ask a little bit about when you're sculpting, or when anyone's sculpting, the psychology of approaching and starting a sculpt, that blank canvas feeling? Mm -hmm. Is there an way? Because I know when I've got a job, I can kind of do something and sculpt. Um, but when I'm teaching sometimes, if people aren't familiar with how sculpting feels, it's getting that starting point. Mm -hmm. Have you got any kind of advice for start, or is it just, just start doing it, or is it... Start doing it. it. It's The more you do it, the more familiar you'll get. Yeah. You know, you know it's, it's like it's like first time jumping off a cliff, you're thinking, well, how's that going to feel, right? You're, not, you're never going to know that you're going to feel like your guts are going to fly through your mouth until you actually jump. Yeah. And that, that's the first initial sensation is a shock. That's just a, maybe that's a bad analogy, but no, the, like idea, the idea is that <laughs> is that the only way that anybody can to, to know what it's like is to actually just try it. Yeah. You know? And one thing I always tell people that are sculpting, especially if they're new to it, is that you know sculpting it's it's not that hard. It's very technical. Techniques can be taught and learned. It's it's all very mechanical, very um, it's it's craft really. Sculpture itself is the craft. The art that comes in really comes from the artist. The imagination, the vision, the I, exactly, exactly. I say the, the really good artists that create amazing and fantastic, super clean stuff. The super clean stuff comes from practice, practice, practice. That's just that's just the craft. But 
the amazingness of the work comes from vision, comes from imagination. And I, and I encourage people to visualize in your head what you're going to do. And if you're not creative enough yet or not experienced enough yet, visualize things that already exist. Visualize a cat, a dog, a chair. You know, visualize it. Just try to see it in your head because the more you can, the, the more, the stronger you can see stuff in your head, you know, then the more you'll be able to channel that through your hands to create. Right. But eventually when you start to design, you'll be able to start seeing that design in your head in three dimension as you're doing. That's something I have trouble with. Is like if I have reference I can work or if I have a design I can work, but I'm not particularly good at coming up with concepts. Yeah. So is that a case of maybe just some people can't do that very well or is it I, feeding the brain with yeah, I mean, I I think my view on that is very limited, you know. But but I used to think like you know, oh, if you practice hard, anybody could be a great artist. I don't believe that anymore because I've seen enough evidence to tell me that some people are just born with a great advantage over others. Well, you know, it's, it's almost, I've used an analogy before: is you, you can teach somebody to play the piano, yeah. but you can't teach somebody to be a musician. Exactly. Exactly. It's like I love science. I'm a shitty scientist. Like, I just, some stuff just, I can't even, I love quantum physics, I love all the concepts. I don't understand half of it, yeah. but I still love it, you know, yeah. and it's just like, it's like, I know I can never be a scientist, no matter how hard I try. So, I'm good with being a fan of science, right? So, it's the same thing, and I think, I think that if you are gifted, and if you have done enough stuff to be gifted, then practice and, and get, get better at it. If you can't design, or you don't, if you have very limited imagination, that doesn't mean you can't be an artist. You know, I work in the commercial art world, and, and I see a lot of people here that are artists that can create their own original artwork, and they say, hey, you think I can come work for you? Or you think I can? And I said, you know, you have a very unique vision of your own work. Don't waste your time working for me, because the kind of work I do is commercial, and it's very technical, and you're not going to be satisfied. You know, I'm going to give you a drawing, a sketch or something, or a, a picture, and say, copy that, and do this. But you got to do it above and beyond any kind of stylistic, you know, I need to pores on this stuff, right? It becomes so technical at some point that you may, you may just hate it. Because, you know, because me, I love blocking something out. When I'm done blocking it out, I just want to say I'm done. But I can't. Then I got, then I got to spend twice the amount of time, three times the amount of time finishing it. Making sure every wrinkle is nice and clean. Every pore is in the right place. Every, it's very technical. So that's the but commercial art. But there's a gray area between what's commercial art and what's fine art because I, I think they can be the same thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, that's, I guess, that's always, yeah, a very gray area, I would say, because there's like a thousand opinions on that, right? I mean, I've had people in the fine arts world tell me that I'm not a real artist, and then I've had people in the classic world tell me that I'm not a real artist, you know, because I don't do classic art, or I don't do, you know, Cubism, or I don't, you know what I mean? Everybody has their opinion, so I was like, I'm like whatever, well, I don't really care. And I, and I think they're wrong. Well, thank you. But man, I honestly just don't care. It's like, well, great. I, I appreciate, I personally appreciate more of the classic art than I do the, the modern art. But some modern art I've seen that utilizes more of the kind of skills that I'm familiar with have been amazing and mind blowing, too. So I think it's just very, it's just individually, what do you, what do you connect with? What resonates with you, right? And just do what you want to do. And it's enjoying it enough to want to come back and do it again, and which inevitably will yeah. improve. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. What they, what you know, your art is, and try to classify you into something. You know, it doesn't matter what, what you're classified. It doesn't matter if people don't respect you because you don't fall under their umbrella. Who cares? You're not in their umbrella. Create your own umbrella. You know, and then create your rainstorm. 
We said this yesterday. There was a girl uh, was asking about like getting jobs, as a lot of people do. And the, the, the thing that occurred to me was the industry has changed. There's so many more people who want to do stuff in films. But the thing is, when I speak to artists who are not in between jobs, they do things for themselves because they love it. Yeah. And you've got to have that. And it's kind of like if you haven't got a job yet, that's just you know if you want to be a chef, you don't wait till you've got a twenty thousand square foot kitchen yeah. before you make an omelet. You start making. You don't do it. Yeah. So it is maybe finding your path. I ran to a lot of people like that too. They said, you know, ah, I want to work as a sculptor. And I said, well, what, what have you, yeah, what have you sculpted? Well, I haven't, but I can't do it unless I'm paid. And I just told them, like, guess what? You're never going to be paid to do a sculpture. Your Burger King application. Yeah, I said, I'm never going to hire you as a brain surgeon if you've never done it before. You know, it's simply that, it's just that simple. And and people that are true artists will do it no matter what. I Didn't tell people. Did you have a test that you used to, to get the people to see how dedicated they were? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I try not to be so hard anymore. But still, they, they still have to pass certain auditions. I still pick their brains on certain things, you know. But it, it really is, talk is cheap. People will say anything and everything. And I'd rather hire the person that doesn't talk. All they do is sit there and do. Like my, my, fian my fiance, for instance, super talented, super dedicated. Well, we, we work together a lot. And I, a lot of times, I literally, it's midnight, and I have to say, we got to go home now. We're gonna be back tomorrow morning. And she's just like, no, 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 I just gotta finish this really quick. That's the kind of people you want to hire because they love what they do so much. They care about the quality of what they do. That staying late, it's not even a consideration. It's just, I just gotta do this. This gotta get done, you know. And this is what I want to do. So those are the people that are always gonna be the one that's gonna excel above and beyond the people that have to get paid in order to do it. That's not passion. That's just an occupation. Yes. So. Yeah, and, and people, and I've met a lot of people too that are very passionate, but unfortunately don't really have the, the, the talent. You know, or they have very low talent level. And I, you know, and, and they have every right to do this as anybody else. And I, and, I, and I tell them the truth. I said, you know what? You can work hard, be as good as you can. You might get a job doing this, maybe, just depending on how good you get. But for some reason, no matter how hard you try, and you just can't get hired to do this because the level of work you do. It's just not up to the level that's demanded by the industry you're trying to get in. Don't stop doing it. Go do other things that will make you a comfortable living. And do it at night. Do it on the weekends. Because if, if my industry completely stopped, if art all of a sudden just dies, nobody wants art ever again in this world, I'll be doing it in my garage. I'll be doing it at night after my, my day job. You know, don't do it for anybody else. Do it for yourself first. Then, you know, if that passion, that love comes through, and maybe somebody will see it and somebody will say, hey, I love what you're doing. Do this for me. Yeah, do, do, do what feeds you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we, we, we just talked with Stephen Corbin a while ago. And, you know, it's like, we do what we do because we can't not do it. Exactly. It's, it's who we are. who we are. Yeah. Amazing. I still got to crack that ZBrush demon. I've sculpted 20 odd years with clay. I'm, I'm trying. to make pieces. But it's the, it's Don't feel bad. The, I was on it for five years on and off. Pulling my hair out, getting pissed off, can't do it. One time I even test myself, how long can I sit and sculpt something in ZBrush? Five hours, I just like, I, I can't do this more than five hours. This, this drives me nuts. Once I hit a certain point where all of a sudden I, I got it. So there's a critical point. That's not yeah, but, but, but here's the secret though. Here's the secret. Like any program, you have to look at the program like like it's it's a giant, it's a giant uh, laboratory, right? And you're a scientist. But you specialize in only one part of that science. And so you have all these tools around you, ignore them all. All you need is just the stuff that you need to do what you do. And if you're a sculptor, all you need is the sculpting tools. 
you don't need to know every single thing about it. So do that first. Focus on that. You know, and most people that are working professionals don't know everything about the program. They only know what they need to do, what they do. That's it. It's good to know. Yeah. So let, so start with that, so it doesn't overwhelm you, because it can be very overwhelming. And once, you, and I swear to you, once you, once you get past that hump, you know, and I don't know when that will be, but for me personally, I literally stopped and just forgot everything that was taught to me. You know, I see people do demos. Oh, it's very quick. You do it like this. And I, I copy that style, and I'm like, this looks like shit. How is how is it my stuff looks so terrible? I realize I don't sculpt like that. That's not how I think. I slow down, and I was like, I place this here because I place it here. I do this, and I started going more methodically with how I work. That's the next thing. And I started to, to, to get it, and I thought, now how do I do A to Z? Well, every project I do, I work out a workflow because I have to be able to engineer everything we do to make it all come together and to hit the end game of what we want to do. I said, why do that for everything? Why don't I do it for ZBrush? So I started analyzing the different techniques, and YouTube's amazing, right? Look at YouTube for tutorials. And I started, oh, I got this DynaMesh, and it only does this much, and it goes down to subdivisions, and it does this, now what's the pros and cons? Oh, okay, okay, all right, here's my workflow. Once I worked that out, my first sculpture disappeared, and I finished it. So it's just figuring, just running your path through it. That's yeah. the best piece of advice I've ever heard. Now I can't wait to get home and, and yeah. fire up Zebra. And now, so, so I did four little heads, just for fun, and then I'm a doofer in my booth. I did that all digital. That was my fifth ZBrush sculpture. It's a full my cat. And, you know, I had a little help from Paul Gabri from uh, Pixelogic and ZBrush. They're amazing guys there. They're so helpful. I brought it to the studio. I said, okay, I have all these parts sculpted, you know, and they're all layered and put together. Help me, how do I blend this? How do I technically, it's so great. They show you how to do all the, you, do, you hit this button and you do that and you do this. Now you can continue your work. I'm like, awesome, thank you. And I go back and I finish it. I can sit there and do ZBrush for like 24 hours a day now because now I get it. You know, it's like sculpture. You get sculpting, you can't stop. You know, sculpture, I tell people, like, well, how long can you sit and sculpt? I'm like, until I fall asleep. I don't get bored of sculpting. Like, sculpting, I can do it. I've been sculpting for 38 years. I don't get bored of it. I can just keep going around the clock until I pass out. And ZBrush, now I'm starting to get like that too. So you don't, it's not that you don't miss clay, but you can enjoy it as much as you do clay. Oh, I love clay. I still do a lot of clay. Yeah. But now, to me, it's all tools. Yes. It's simply another tool. I don't want to be sculpting to ZBrush and feel frustrated by it. Yeah. Like there's something missing, but you're saying that's probably not how it would no, be once you find your workflow. Because all the things that you feel missing from ZBrush, there's a lot of other shit that comes out of ZBrush. You're like, holy shit, I love this part <laughs> of it. You know, and, and there's, uh, and ZBrush does give you uh, super excuse me. Um, yeah, um, fantastic. Because yeah, I got my friends like Martin Rizard, I don't know if you know him, yeah, and um, Simon Weber. Great artists. They made the, awesome the jump artists. over and they're like kind of contemporaries of my age. And I'm like, I just never just. It, was, it felt like there was a thread that I missed and it went away. And I've got to stop oh, thinking about that. You didn't like miss that. it. You did not miss it. Just, um, just know this every year that you, you miss it, the software becomes easier and easier to use. Landon Meyer has his mask. Yeah. He has switched from doing everything in clay yeah. to doing everything in ZBrush. Now he's, because of the tools for extruding and, and reversing things, he's now printing the, yeah. the sculptures yeah. in, three, in 3D printing yeah. them and then painting the silicone into his, his mask. Yeah. The live Boolean tool, is a, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. And they have a new, they have the new one, the new ZBrush, uh, sculpt, uh, ZBrush uh, 8 now. Is amazing. They have this. They have this uh, uh, tool called tessellation, and it's 
Sculptures Pro. One of the big problems I have with, with the, the two methods, that's why I had to work on a workflow, is that you can you can work too far in one end and there's limitations. Like if you use if you use Dynamesh and you can keep doing it, it's like clay, you can just keep adding and adding geometry, but it gets so dense that when you want to change your major shape, it's like really hard to change shape. You can't smooth things out, you can't put just too much geometry. So they created the subdivisions so that you can have high subdivisions for all your detail. But if you want to change your major shape without affecting your detail, you go back to the low subdivision, make the change, come back, it's all there, it's changed. It's so it doesn't forget out. that when you Right, need. right. So that's a great tool. Yeah. But the perfect tool is both of these things together. Yeah. And I asked them, can you put these together? They said, no, it's impossible. The algorithm doesn't work that way. The programming. But that's when they keep showing me the latest thing, which is they took Sculptress uh, with the, um, the tessellation, and they, they, basically, uh, they basically make it so you can take a shape you can stretch it out to whatever you want, and it constantly refreshes. When you get complex with a geometry in one area, super detail, the geometry keeps building on its own. Just keep updating on its own. Areas that are smooth has very low polygon and stays low. So now you're you're using the best of both worlds. You're getting you're maxim, maximizing your polygons. You're not sacrificing detail. And if you want to take something and just brush it completely until it's completely gone, now you can. Before it was impossible. So now it's even more amazing and it's simple. So the longer you wait, the, the, this thing at some point, this is the biggest myth because people think that ZBrush just sculpts for you. Yeah, yeah. Of course not. Just no, sit, no. Just I sit in front of it and just say, ZBrush, make me a sculpture and see what no, happens. That's right? the thing I found actually. I find, I, I haven't done a lot of it. I tried it. But the thing I did find was because you are not limited with the physical like mass of size, I don't build an armature or any of that stuff. You find out really quickly what what your weaknesses are. It's like shit. I don't know what a shoulder looks like. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas you can always blame, oh, there's a bit of armature wire sticking out, or it's too heavy, or and you can't do that now because you can just bang through. So I think you actually get to the art quicker. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and like I said, the, the software just gets easier and easier every year, and it does more and more. And because they listen to what the artists are saying, so, you know, they work with a lot of digital sculptors, and they will work with a lot of traditional sculptors. They have now ported into digital. So, you know, so any suggestion you come up with, like, you know, I would like it better if, like, I need to suggest to them, I need an internal caliper in this thing. Are they going to do that? Um, no, I haven't told them yet, but I just, because I just realized that was a big problem for me. So I'm going to suggest that, you know, maybe they already have one, I'm just not aware of, but so they'll, they'll let me know. But if there isn't, I want to suggest having some sort of measuring tool, because, That's you know. That's one of the things I've found. Yeah. Oh, they have software right that you can do that. Because all my stuff is scaled precisely. I've had parts that were scaled and then sent over to China to get printed, come back, uh, manufactured, come back to my sculpture that I finished a month later, and I plug it in. That perfect fits. So you know, so those tools are, are they're solid. That's they they work. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're solid. So, um, but you know, but there's you know again, it, it's just like I say every year will get easier. Maybe someday it will. When you say ZBrush, make me a sculpture. I don't want Maybe it to take it away the sculpt. I just want to know how to use the interface. Because that's the yeah. joy of doing it, is yeah. seeing the thing that you make come yeah. to life. Watch three-minute tutorials at a time. Or just do one thing. Because my first sculpture I ever did, I watched, I watched three, uh, ten three-minute tutorials. And I, made, and I made a sculpture. So just learn what you need to know. Don't learn everything. Just learn what you need to know. Oh, my God. How good was that? Just some... Basic, simple, incredible information about how to approach sculpting. I mean, for my money, that was just 
gold dust. I mean, you're talking about a very, very simple couple of things, you know, with regards to sculpting, digital sculpting, and that is to just to start doing something simple, watching some short tutorials to get you up and running, and then understand that this massive workspace that has a billion possibilities in it, because it contains the ability to do all kinds of different things, there's only a small slither of that that's ever going to interest any one particular person. So don't get overwhelmed with it. Just figure it out what it is that you need to do, work in the workflow that you need to work in, and then just disregard comfortably everything else. And that just makes so much sense. It's just, it's so overwhelming. You see all these options. Um, one thing that's worth mentioning is if you're interested in digital sculpting, you don't want to spend any money. I think the ZBrush program does come with a free trial, which you can try, but it's such a vast program that that, that 30 day trial doesn't really give you a lot of time. Uh, what you can do is get something called Sculptris, S C U L. P-T-R-I-S, and if you look up Sculptris on ZBrush, it's basically the gateway drug to ZBrush, and it's a free program, it's completely free, it doesn't have a trial on it, you just, you have it and you use it, um, you're better off using it with a tablet, or with um, you know, with a pen tool, like a bamboo Wacom pen tool, so you will need some kind of, you know, input device which is more attuned to sculpting than just a mouse. So that's the only concession, but if you're seriously into any kind of graphic work, or sculpting anyway, you're going to need something like that but it's a free program and it's really good it's not as featured and it doesn't have as many features and it's not as involved as zbrush but it is completely free and it works great and it's a very very good introduction to sculpting digitally so i would look into sculptures if you're looking to try there are a few others as well um, i'm sure there are other apps on you know depending on whether you have uh, an android or iphone um, to have a look at those but seriously sculptures is, is definitely worth looking into if you want to try and sculpt stuff for free but that was a fantastic time just editing that and listening I say editing all I had to do was, was let it run but putting these bumpers on and everything but just listening to that audio again just made really appreciate just the good information that Steve had just just, just psyched me up again to get sculpting again so very very stoked about that so uh, thank you all for listening appreciate it again that you've come and tuned in and uh, like I say if you ever want to comment you can comment on the uh, the Facebook page or you can email us at stewardandtodd at gmail.com but by far and away the most significant and helpful thing anyone who's listening to this can do to help us and support us is to tell a friend about it tell it on social media tweet this put it on facebook instagram whatever just put it out there and just keep us in people's minds we really appreciate it thank you very much for listening again and uh i hope you can join us for the next one because we've got another fantastic monster palooza uh interview coming up and it's going to be a big one so check it out and stay tuned thank you